Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor, for theirs is the king of kingdom of heaven. Blessed those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For you is the same way as they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. Amen. Thank you, Noah. Y'all know Noah Zimmerman? You should. (laughs) He's great. Thank you, Noah. So this week, I was really, really thrilled to be um, in Lutz, Florida. I was visiting the Bethany Center for several days. I was away at a retreat for something that I'm enrolled in called Institute of Preaching. It's a year-long process with pastors from Florida and pastors from North Carolina, and there's about 25 of us, and so we get together three times a year to, with the purpose of honing our preaching skills. And so those retreats are just, they're blessings for me because we really look at what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses, how can you grow as a preacher? And so that's where I was this week. Well, at the end of our time together, we were sitting around at tables for our very last meal before we would leave and go home. And a conversation broke out around the table. And it was actually a very intense conversation. And a debate broke out between the pastors about which is better, a crockpot or an instapot. And I'll tell you, some pastors have some opinions and not just about scripture. One man stood up from the table and he said, crockpots are better and you'll never convince me otherwise. Like, wow, buddy. (laughs) Okay. All right. Who are the crockpot people in here? Who are the Instapot people in here? All right. All right. This pastor did sit down, back to his pulled pork sandwich, and he asked this question. He said, well, he said this, low and slow. That's the genius of the crockpot. The speedy Instapot just doesn't cut it, he said. And so I started thinking about that. I have both in my home. But I started thinking that this is sort of true, a crockpot life. It's true as we follow Jesus, and maybe even especially true that for the series of how to be that we are in, looking at the stairway of the kingdom of heaven where each step leads us to a deeper relationship with Jesus, who then leads us, further into the kingdom of heaven. This stairway is a sequential process of living our lives totally focused on Jesus. And we don't get to choose which step we start on. We start at the bottom, and we work our way through. And then we begin again 
And we begin again and again, and maybe each time with a deeper understanding of who Jesus is and who we are in Jesus. And maybe each time with a deeper capacity to grow in Jesus. It is a low and slow crockpot process. It's not like the quick, convenient Instapot. This takes time and simmering with Jesus. Last week, Eric began our series, How to Be, and he explored different meanings of the word blessed. And really, we are in a hashtag blessed society, right? Um, I was looking at um, my Instagram account last night. I Googled, or I Googled, right? That's how old I am. I, I looked at the search bar under my Instagram of hashtag blessed, and all these different things came up. I mean, I've used it too. We are blessed with the relationships we have, with the family, with uh, the, our extended family, with friends. We are blessed with our jobs and our church family. Those things are blessings. We are blessed with one another in our lives. This is true. These are blessings. However, in the scripture that we are talking about, this is not what Jesus is talking about. Matthew in the scripture that Noah read, Jesus calls it the kingdom of God. Matthew writes the kingdom of heaven, same thing. And so that is what Jesus is telling us is the blessing. The kingdom of heaven is the blessing. And we are blessed when we assimilate into the kingdom, where we begin to live lives more and more and more a part of the kingdom of heaven. And this is true for all times and all people in all spaces throughout history. It was true for the first century Christians, first century Jesus followers, where they had to decide for themselves where their allegiance would lie. Would they place their allegiance with their, their cultural norms and their uh, family expectations, their religious expectations, and the government systems that they were under? Would they put their allegiance there or... Would they put their allegiance in following Jesus only into the kingdom of heaven? And it's the same way for believers all throughout time. It's the same way for us as well. Later on, one chapter over in Matthew, Jesus teaches further in the Sermon on the Mount that we do have to decide if we are going to seek the kingdom first. And that is how he opens the whole sermon on the mount with the Beatitudes. This is the way. This is the stairway to be part of the kingdom. So last week, just very quickly, Eric gave us the first three steps in the stairway to the kingdom of heaven. Step one, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that we have nothing but Jesus that will get us into the kingdom of heaven. Nothing. We can't possess anything. We can't access anything. Nothing of who we are is able to access it without Jesus. And when we are that poor in spirit, not proud in spirit, but when we are poor in spirit, knowing that we need Jesus, we are blessed with the kingdom of heaven. Step two. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. So now that we know our desperate need of Jesus, now we are looking around and we see this broken world through the eyes of our need of Jesus. 
we look around and we see the hurt and the heartache. And we are moved to act. We are moved to action. And it says, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. They will be given comfort. They will be given empowering spirit, Holy Spirit power to get up from prayer and act. Step three. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Meek, not weak. Everybody say that with a little attitude. Meek, not weak. That was terrible, y'all. <laughs> Do it again. Ready? Mm -hmm. Meek is often confused with weak, right? But Eric reminded us last week that they are not the same at all. Reminded us about Moses and Jesus who even though perhaps at times were terrified, they put their own will aside so that they could be under the will of God the Father. Meek, not weak. Putting our will under that of Christ Jesus, and that is how we bring heaven to earth, where they will inherit the earth. And so today we are on step four. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. In Jesus' time, being righteous meant that you followed the rules and the scriptures, the rules of the temple to the letter of the law, and you did not deviate from it, and you were expected to follow all of those. You did it especially so people would see you following the letter of the law. If people saw you following it, then that means you were righteous when you were seen to be following all the norms. But it was not necessarily true that just because you were seen being righteous meant that there was something going on between that person and God on the inside. Have you ever been to the mall and maybe gone to the uh, perfume counter and sprayed on your favorite cologne or, or perfume? I love to do that. It's like, oh, free Chanel. Okay. So it's like that. It is just like that. When we spray on the perfume, everybody else can smell it. It smells lovely. But it doesn't mean that it's getting down deep inside to the core of who I am. It only remains on the outside, not on the inside. This external, outwardly seen kind of righteousness is done, the scriptures tell us, for merely for the reward of praise of other people, like the perfume that can be smelled, but not going deep inside. Jesus said that people practicing this kind of righteousness were hungering and thirsting, all right, but for people's praise, not for God, not for the kingdom of heaven, the kind of righteousness Jesus is speaking of is Jesus-focused, deeply rooted in love of God and love of people. Jesus-focused devotion is deeply satisfying. Like down into the inner parts of the deepest part of who we are, this kind of righteousness, this kind of relationship with Jesus fills us to the core to all that we actually really need. You will be filled, Jesus says. Your needs, your deepest needs will be fully met. Step five. 
Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Have you ever been shown mercy, like tender-hearted, compassionate generosity? The word mercy that's used here is not the kind of mercy we may think of like in a movie where a villain maybe gives like a less harsh treatment to the one he was going to be ugly to. It's not even a good tip at a restaurant. It's not even throwing a couple dollars here or there to somebody holding a cardboard sign. The kingdom of heaven mercy is so much deeper than that. The word that Jesus uses here for mercy is an attitude that infiltrates our life where we look at all others with such deep compassion and tenderness that we gladly share, generously share what we have. Clarence Jordan is the author of the book that Eric and I are reading uh, called The Sermon on the Mount. Uh, And he says this about the merciful person. Listen to what he says. He says, a merciful person, if they have any money, they don't give till it hurts, they give till it's gone. He goes on to say, to them, people are no longer beggars to whom one gives a part, but they're brothers and sisters with whom one shares all. To our Western ears, to our American ears, this is challenging. To give all because people are our brothers and our sisters. This, being this merciful, depends upon us having taken the step beforehand. We are already satisfied and we are already contented. We already have everything we need in Jesus. So, of course, we are merciful to others. And this is not just talking about the generosity of the things we have, our possessions, our money. It's talking about the most important possession that we have, which is the good news of Jesus. If we're hoarding our possessions and our money and we are hoarding the good news of Jesus, picking and choosing to whom we want to offer it. We will not be able to receive mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Jordan says, it's like having a house with a window or a door that is always open. God's love and mercy needs to be ventilated. We give, and God gives us back. We fling out mercy, God flings it back to us. But if that window is shut, we all suffocate. Step six. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Remembering that this is sequential work. It is a crockpot, low and slow kind of process. Our old nature, our old self, is turning into something new. This morning at 4.30, I put in my own crockpot a roast that I hope at 11.30 will be something new. This is made evident. This kind of pureness of heart is made evident by how we live and what we live for. It is literally what you can see people doing It's an outward sign of people that God's inward work is working, is changing us to become new. So about four or five years ago, I learned about this 
a mixed martial arts wrestler, and um, his name is Justin Wren. I don't know if you have ever heard of him, but all throughout grade school and high school, he was uh, harshly bullied. And by the time he got into high school, uh, he found his way into wrestling in school. And he says his wrestling coach just um, completely offered love and life to him. It was a joy. However, when he graduated from high school, you know, he still had all that residual stuff on the inside from being bullied so harshly. And he continued to be an athlete. He went into mixed martial arts professionally as a professional athlete but he still had all this baggage and he turned to drugs and alcohol. He suffered greatly from depression and um, often with suicidal thoughts. But then all of a sudden he says, the Lord gripped his heart. And so I want you to watch this short video of Justin Wren. See if you can see the outward signs of God doing something new in his life. Five years ago, I was a professional athlete. I fought on the Ultimate Fighter and I was in the UFC. Looking at me from the outside, you probably would have thought I had it all. In reality, I felt like I had this hole basically in my soul and I would use any drug I could find to fill that void. And then at my lowest point, I say God loved the hell out of me. He, he found me in the pit I was in and showed me the way out of it. That's when I gave up the American dream and I gave up being a professional athlete. I met my second family here in the Congo, the Mabuti Pygmies. Uh, they call themselves the Forgotten People. All Pygmies are denied their basic human rights. They're victims of hatred. I know this because of Andy Bo, a one and a half year old little boy that was denied hospital treatment. The doctor said, we won't waste our medicine on a pygmy animal. It's cheaper to just let them die than try to take care of them. I, I, saw the blood come out of his ears and, um, and, and uh, I, bur I buried him, I dug his grave and, um, and, and that will change you. That was the moment that, that gripped my heart, the moment that I knew that this is my fight too. This is the reason why I came back to the States and why I fight for Bellator. There's so much more at stake now. Every cent I make for my win bonus is going to land, water, and food initiatives for my tribe. And that's why I can't lose. Because before, I was fighting for myself. But now I'm fighting for something bigger than myself. I'm fighting for my family. all of those steps in his life from the beginning to, to where he is now? That was five years ago, and all of the money he receives now from when he wins um, a match um, goes to this foundation that he's part of now. For clean water, he has worked with their government to, to help them purchase land. Just his whole life focused on Jesus, we can see evidence of blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And this is what happens when our old self is focused or excuse me, our new self is focused on the kingdom of God. 
Before the year 2020 began, I heard lots of people talking about the idea of a new way in this new year to cast a vision for a business or a company or a church. And they said, we're going to do it and we're going to call it 2020 Vision. Has anybody heard that? Yeah, I've heard it a bunch. But what I have learned is that, what I have learned is that literal 2020 vision means that you can see just about 20 feet in front of you perfectly. It's like, please, Lord, can I have 2020 vision? Right up close. You can see something with precision that's 20 feet in front of you. And it is the same for us in this scripture. For us to be able to see God, we must be proximate to Jesus. We must be up close and personal with Jesus. We must be reading the scriptures of Jesus, watching what Jesus is doing in the world now, being attuned to what Jesus wants to do within us here and now. And so this leads us to the final step of today, step seven, which will not only allow us to see him, but become more and more like him. Step seven, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Our children have many, a good many traits of Eric and I. Eric has curly hair, though you cannot tell because he keeps it short. But when it's long, it's super curly. Like in college, y'all, picture it, down to here, right? It was so cute. And so um, two of our children have curly hair. Kara and Kenny have curly hair. Kara's is curlier than Kenny's. But the other two, ta-da, straight. They, are, they have a myriad of other similar features of Eric and I, even some of the ways, uh, the, things and the things that we say over and over, I hear sometimes some of our kids saying over and over. And this does not in the slightest need to be true of just biological children, right? We take on the characteristics and the habits of those with whom we spend a lot of time. Even people we watch on TV or in movies, people we read about in books, if we're, if we're w whatever we're watching, whatever we're attending to, we take on those characteristics. And it is the same for those whose eyes are fixed on Jesus. We begin to do what God is doing in the same manner, in the same tone, in the same inflection, with the same kind of love and compassion and forgiveness, and with the same kind of this peacemaking work of God is about bringing people together, broken people, not merely for the reconciliation in and of itself, but for the wider community of all humanity, creating a beloved community of the kingdom of heaven. God creates places of peace where people can experience the peace of Jesus where all can enter in, where all can be part of this kingdom-minded, peace-filled life, and we are, be, we are called to be peacemakers, joining in and creating those spaces, sacred spaces for people. Jordan says, when Jesus proclaimed the kingdom of God on earth, he was not offering to make people more comfortable in their sins. He was calling them to a new life in the spirit and to citizenship in this beloved community, which alone, he says, is only capable of peace there. So it is through the steps of this stairway we become children of God, people who are creating those spaces of peace for kingdom of heaven work to be done here and now, here 
on earth. We begin to do the same thing that Jesus is doing. So friends, this is a lot of information, a lot to take in. And, I, and when Eric and I decided on this three-week series on the Beatitudes, we knew it was a, a lot for three weeks. It's a challenge. I mean, we really could spend, couldn't we just spend one Sunday each on one of those things to really take it in and take it on? And it will take a lifetime for us to do this. As we seek to follow Jesus, I believe it is worth the slow and low crockpot process. That kind of time and attention with it. So here's what I'm going to do um, in this upcoming week. Knowing that we have, we have two more blessings to look at next week in the text, so I'm going to spend some extra time this week with Jesus, this week seeking his guidance for my own life and my own heart. Praise band, you may start to come forward. I want to begin at the beginning on step one. I want the Lord to help me. Take me back, Lord, to step one. Show me where I am proud in spirit, not poor in spirit. Show me, Lord. Because I want to be the kind of follower that is just completely, completely dependent upon Jesus for absolutely everything. And I know in my nature that I'd rather instapot it. I would. But I'm going to remind myself, low and slow, girlfriend, a simmering faith that leads to a kingdom-minded life that leads to being blessed. And so I'd love to hear from you this week. I'd love to hear from you through email, text, or social media. How are you going to turn toward this blessed life? Because I can't wait to watch and see and learn from you and grow with you. Glory to God. Amen. Friends, I'd invite you to stand for our closing song. Um, we've not done this song together, but I can't wait to sing it with you. Let's, let's sing.
So as we leave, may we remember low and slow, this low and slow process going through the steps, stairway into the kingdom of heaven. 
On your way out, if you're a guest, just a reminder to stop by the back table, pick up a swag bag. And so may we leave with joy going out, knowing how deeply we are loved, how much we are invited to take this crockpot kind of life. So may we go now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit forever and ever. Amen.